0: Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations.
1: We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life.
0: Welcome to Living Box Free. This is Becky Ford. And I'm Ashleen Seitz. And we're so glad you're joining us today. We are actually doing an episode that is continuing on a theme that is going to set us up for our next series. Our most recent episode was on crucial conversations, how to tackle those difficult conversations with other people. And today we're going to talk about the five love languages. And the reason we're talking about these two is really to help build upon some foundational pieces of relationships. And we'll talk about our next series here in just a moment. moment. First,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what is on the
1: rise for you this week, Ash? Ugh! It is so hot. So I'm gonna say sweat. <laughs> yes. Sweat is on the rise for me. This is ridiculous. I think. I mean, we don't have air conditioning at the, in the main part of the gym, which is normal. That's at first, I thought you were gonna normal. say your house. I was like, Oh no, what no, did no. I we do. Well, okay, we do have <laughs> it at our house, but it's an old house, and mm-hmm. so it's really just not super effective. So it is real hot. Like trying to fall asleep last night, I was like, mm, Yeah, it's pretty toasty. Oh no. But I mean, it's not terrible. It, we at least have AC. But yeah, at the gym, it's it's pretty rough. I like to walk yes. every day. And walking gets real sweaty, so sweat. Yes, it's our pores mm-hmm. are working hard for us. Very pleasant.
0: Very pleasant. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. very cleansed, <laughs> getting lots of sweat through there. Yep. Well, I'm going to continue the theme of working out-ish. Great. Uh, yes, I'm sweating more, but I will actually say lifting. Oh. Yeah, so okay. this week I I did a workout Tuesday, and it was a lot of cardio, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm having tight stomach pains mm. that, which I learned are called Braxton Hicks. Yes. And so now what I've actually, I'm adjusting my goals. Ash and I've talked about this and lifting. It feels way better right now than running or doing other cardio things. So yeah. I think, I think lifting, I'm just going to work on my show muscles in the third trimester. <laughs> Pump it up. <laughs> Pump it up. High reps. <laughs> couple of bro says, yeah. I love my bro sessions. Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay. So we've, uh, we've talked about what's on the rise for us this week. It is. Yeah. You guys are probably glad you're not with us. We're probably sweating right now.
1: Yeah. It's gross. It's gross in <laughs> it's
0: here. It's gross. Our pores are so, they're working great though. I mean, Very it's functional. because it worked
1: out. It's because we're being healthy.
0: Yes. Yeah. We're taking care of our, our physical bodies. Yes. Okay, so we mentioned we are jumping into a new series. We just talked about Crucial Conversations, the episode before this. This episode is going to be about a book called The Five Love Languages. And these two episodes are really going to help set us up for our next series called Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? We just, our first series was Who Dis, which is all about ourselves, self-knowledge. Do you get it, guys? Do you get it? Do you you see what we did there? (laughs) Do you think we're clever? (laughs) We think we are. (laughs) And this series is Who Dat. We recognize relationships are so important. And we even mention in emotional intelligence the whole point of emotional intelligence is to have deep and meaningful relationships. So we are going to use these two episodes, Crucial Conversations and Five Love Languages, to set us up. We're going to reference back to those throughout our new series, Who Dat, which will start next week. But first, today, we're going to talk about love,
1: love, love.
0: It's such a simple word, but not necessarily a simple thing. No, it's not. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, Ash actually, we both have taken the five love languages test. Uh, there's one for couples, one for singles, people, single people. Um, and she has read the book and did a refresher. So she is going to lead us through this conversation in discovering, what are these five love languages? And if you're like me, you might already know, you might've taken the test six years ago, but I need a refresher because I'm not always intentional about practicing and identifying the love language needed by that person I'm in a relationship with.
1: Yeah. And don't fall asleep, Becky, because I have questions for you.
0: All right. No beanbag yeah. sleep for me today. <laughs> no nap time. No nap time. <laughs> She's making me sweat. I'm getting nervous. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Dr. Gary Chapman wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. So he is a therapist, counselor. I mean, he's been doing therapy and speaking gigs and all this for, I think, 40 years or something. So he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And he had a lot of clients early on that he discovered were just really not feeling like their emotional needs were being met. And so he started developing this visual concept of the love tank. So basically, as a child... Kids have basic emotional needs that need to be met in order for them to grow up as emotionally stable adults. So the less love you got as a child, the less less that that love tank was filled, the harder it is for you to be emotionally stable and available as an adult. What he also discovered is that not all love is the same or the way that we express that love. So he's talking about love as an action. And the ways that we express that love is not always the same. So I can express love and care. And also if the word love kind of throws you off, because we're not just talking about marriages or romantic love, if that throws you off, just replace it in your mind with the word care, like showing care for someone. Cause Perfect. this can go for, uh, singles and, uh, friendships, oh God, coworkers, all of yeah. those things. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, but feel free to replace it in your mind with the word care. But he's talking about how love is an action. It's something that we do to communicate care to another person. But he was discovering that not all love is the same and that there are basically five different ways that we communicate love to other people and that we can hear it. And he coined those as love languages because you naturally have a certain love language, like you grow up with it. And then you can learn others if you choose to and those are learned languages i know sometimes i can feel like i don't know if people care i don't know if this person cares about me and it might have less to do with are they do they care about me as opposed to how are they communicating care and so it can be it, it's helpful to understand how you receive love and care as well as how other people and people around you receive love and care and Dr. Chapman discovered that, in especially in marriages, as he was counseling a lot of couples, that one of the biggest areas of breakdown was in, not that they didn't love each other or want to love each other, but they were just missing each other. And he talks about in the book, I thought this was really interesting, that we don't actually want to be in love. I mean, we do, but that's not what we need. What we actually need is for someone to choose us. So his this this is the quote. Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to be genuinely loved by another, to know, uh, to know a love that grows out of reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth loving. I love that.
0: And that actually makes me think uh, a family member of mine Everyone, everyone sees the world differently, right? A family member of mine, actually, at first, she said she never wanted to get married hmm. because she didn't want a spouse to feel like they were trapped. Oh,
1: and she wanted okay. to
0: always know that they were making that choice to be with her. Which, which is amazing because that is what is reflected here in this quote. Yes. Now, ironically, she got married years later, <laughs> so she is married. But, yeah. but that was so important to her. I remember us having a conversation her saying, I want that person to choose to be with me, and I feel like marriage makes it feel like a trap. So not, I'm not saying don't get married no, by no. any means, but yeah. I think her perspective shows this desire of, I want someone to know they're choosing
1: me. Yes, and I think a lot of people do think of marriage as I'm committing to continue to choose you. I'm choosing Mm -hmm. you every day for the rest of my life. And so I can totally see either way, though. I can see understand her point of like, well, are you just in it? Then you don't have a choice anymore. And that's less meaningful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that distinction of being in love, which there are all kinds of survey or um, research uh, studies, studies, Studies. that's the word. (laughs) There are all kinds of studies about. How being in love is actually just, it's not really something we can do anything about. It's this emotional obsession. And so it's really just your brain overriding all reason. And so it feels great. And it's pleasant to be in, but it's not permanent, like it cannot be permanent. And we don't really even want it to be permanent because when you're in love, you kind of forget about other things in life. And because it is an obsession, it takes over. And so that's not, it doesn't meet an emotional need for the rest of your life to be in love. But he was discovering, Dr. Chapman was discovering that a lot of couples would get married while they were still in that in love period, because it generally, he says on average, it lasts about two years which I felt like that was That's a actually long, pretty long. long yeah. yeah. So he says it lasts about two years. And so sometimes couples would meet, date and get married in that in love period. And then it would wear off. And often it's not at the same time for both people. It would wear off and then they're already married and then they don't know how to love each other by choice. Interesting. So, yeah. Oh,
0: it's also interesting that it can wear off at different times. Yes,
1: and t- it typically does. Like it's yeah. very rare to fall out of love at the same time whatever reason. I don't know. Scientifically, I'm sure there's a reason there. We're the bearer of bad news. I know the honeymoon honeymoon stage is real. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the five ways that we give and receive love. And so you can take this test online. It's pretty short. I think it's like, takes like 10 minutes. And, um, like Becky said, there are, there's one for married couples, There's one for singles, there's one for military. There's like, he has like all these different tests. In fact, I'm not even going to talk super long about all of these because there's so much available on his website that's just easy to access. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to give kind of an overview so you have a sense of what we're talking about as we reference it later. We can put that in our podcast notes. Yes. So first one, quality time. So quality time is spending time together when you are giving your full attention to the other person. So it's not watching TV together. It's not when you're out with six other people and you're focused on all the other things that are happening. It's when you are have each other's full attention, putting down your phones, spending time together. Now, you might pick up your phone, send a text, and then come back to the other person, but it's, it's time spent together. And you can do an activity, and he actually talks about how there are quality activities, which I thought was interesting. And so his three I- ingredients, he calls them, to a quality activity are one, at least one of you wants to do it. Two, the other is willing to do it. And three, both of you know why you are doing it, which is to express love by being together. So doing CrossFit with my husband does not count. No, we're not expressing love. quality time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For which reason, Becky, which one of those do you not fulfill? That's too funny. (laughs) Well, actually, when I hear when I hear some of these things, It sounds so silly, but one of my favorite pieces of quality time over quarantine, Tristan and I actually would just get in the car and drive Mm because we were so cooped up at home and I try to get him to stay off his phone while he's driving. Yeah. Most of the time I'm successful. Excellent. Sometimes not. Yeah. Safety first. Safety first. But just having that uninterrupted, no cell phone, just talking, holding hands if you want to. Yeah. And you both are doing it because you want to spend time together. And it is over quarantine. That was like our date. That was our way of showing love was just going for a drive.
1: Yeah. Because you had each other's attention. Yes. And that's what communicates love to the other person. And again, you might speak that language. Your spouse might not, but your spouse can learn or your friend can learn. This is important to this person. And so I'm going to set aside my phone and I'm going to schedule time with you or unscheduled time, but I'm going to focus and give you my full attention for a chunk of time so that you know that I care about you. So that's quality mm-hmm. time. Physical touch. This one's interesting to me. Bow bow bow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so physical touch comes uh, in into, he explains it in two different ways there's ex- explicit touch and implicit touch, which I had never thought about. So explicit touch would be when you have to give your full attention to the actual physical touch. So this would be hugs, sex, massages, when you're giving your full attention to the actual physical activity. Implicit touch would be like a hand on a shoulder as you walk by or sitting next to each other on the couch instead of across from each other on the couch. So it's more of a physical presence as you're doing other things. So it takes less attention, but it still communicates care, typically. I, so... (laughs) We didn't talk about let's let's pause here and talk about what are your top ones. You took this test again recently, right? I, yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, that yesterday. was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Feels like days ago. I okay. know. So much has happened. So what you came up with the quality time and physical touch, right? Physical touch, okay. yes.
0: And very, very one point behind was acts of service. Okay. And quality time and physical touch were tied.
1: So here's the interesting thing about physical touch, and I think it's what you mentioned as well, is this is not across the board. So if you have, if you get physical touches, your top one, you might be like, yeah, but I don't want certain people to touch me. That's pretty normal actually. And it's because it is such an intimate thing to you that it communicates something different when other people touch you. So implicit touch might be more acceptable from other people as opposed to explicit touch.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. Because when I took the test yesterday, I was thinking in. I was thinking literally one person, Tristan, right? Yeah. If I was taking it thinking about friends and even I mentioned to you, like my sister and I, like if we hug, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like she's like, my family's not super touchy. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're right. Like, I think it is important. The context in which you're taking that test. Are you taking it thinking of your spouse or a friend that makes, right. makes a difference.
1: So we're going to talk about this a little bit as we keep, as we keep going through, if it's your top one, it's often how you communicate care to other people but other people don't necessarily receive it that way. But you can learn to say, like, or words of affirmation, which we'll get to, is not high for me, but I can learn that certain people it is high for, so when they give it to me, it means that they love me, and -hmm. it means that they care. So it's kind of of a back and forth. You can learn to accept it, a certain language, and you can learn to give a certain language, even if they're not your natural languages. And what are your top
0: ones? I answered.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, quality time is definitely up there. And then I think acts of service is number one, which we'll get to. So hold that thought. Hold tight. <laughs> hold please. Gifts. Gifts. This is this always is low. trouble saying that word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is low for both Ash and I. We talked about this it is. gift giving. I had yeah. zero points.
1: So the quote from the book, which I thought was interesting is you must be thinking of someone to give them a gift. The gift itself is a symbol of that thought that makes gifts more meaningful. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yes.
0: I am. I can throw out someone who I know this is like ranks high Mm -hmm. on their love language. She's a friend of mine, Erin. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And she watches our dog when we go out of town and literally, like, we will come home and she will have a sign and she's had flowers there for us. Oh, yeah. And sometimes a gift basket. And I'm like, you took care of our dog while we were gone. (laughs) I should like I should be giving you something. Please take this yeah. money like and and so gifts is so high for her and sometimes for no apparent reason and but it is I think for her it is like I'm I am thinking about you yes. and I'm putting forth that effort and this is a symbol of that.
1: Yes. And often people that are again it's learning to receive it. So it's not super important to me but for people who are very have that very high Um, as gift givers, they're very good at gift giving because they put so much thought into it and they say, what does this person actually, what will make them feel loved as opposed to what do they need? Or, you know, Oh, it's their birthday. I got to get them something.
0: Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm all about gift card, gift card. And I've Uh, noticed gift givers like Erin, she does not do gift cards. It is like, she will buy a picture frame and she will decorate it with things that are personalized. Yeah. That's her type of gift giving. And I'm like, Oh, I feel so bad. Here's an Amazon gift card. (laughs) Oh man. I suck at this. Which again, (laughs) it's not in your top
1: love languages. So you're not necessarily naturally good at it, but you can recognize that it's love from her when she does that. And you could learn to do it if there were people that you felt like, Oh, I need to step this up. This is how they receive love you would yes. know that if you were giving something back to Aaron, it needs to not be an Amazon gift card. Yes. Or, and I you know. Yeah. I step it up sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's gifts, words of affirmation. So there are a few different kinds of words of affirmation. And mostly the, the point is to understand what the other person is doing and experiencing and to communicate that you see them and to encourage them. So you can give words of kindness or words of encouragement to help them feel known and seen and appreciated. So the quote here is, encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from the other person's perspective. So you can be doing something and I can be like, I don't understand why she's doing that. So I'm probably not going to say something nice about it because I'm like, I don't have a clue why she's doing this. However, if I can look at you and say, oh, I understand taking a moment to understand what she's doing. And man, that's really cool. That's really great what she's doing. And then I can take the effort and the time to think of something nice to say, to encourage you. You have someone in your life who likes words of affirmation, right? Yes. Yes. Tell me about that.
0: I would actually, if if Tristan were to take this test again, I think this is his number one now. Yeah. And I feel like part of it is being a business owner and a CrossFit coach. You know, he doesn't have a boss above him to give him feedback and we had it was probably a year ago when we were opening up the gym, our first year of operating, and it's so interesting, dynamic. I have a full-time job, but I also help with the business stuff for the gym. and I would text Tristan and be like, "Hey, I hope you're having a great day. By the way, make sure just don't don't want you to forget to do this." And we had to have a conversation. He's like, "I dread seeing a text from you because it's always something I need to do, and I don't feel like I ever get recognized for all the work that I've done already done. Yeah, yeah. That I've already done. And that was a big eye opener for me. Cause I'm very task oriented. And like, we just talked about words of affirmations, not one of our top ones. Yeah. And so I just think, Oh good. You did your job. Like good job. Let's move <laughs> on versus really empathizing. Like what you said and recognizing man He's waking up at 4.30, 4 in the morning, whatever time, to go coach classes. He's with people all day. He only gets so much time on the computer to do these things. And that's been something I've consciously tried to do. And we've had to set boundaries and talk about work stuff at certain times. And I try to do a better job of recognizing his hard work. And even now, coming back from quarantine and reopening and having to change business dynamics and guidelines, I've really tried to be intentional about saying, hey, you're doing a really good job. And and be specific with those compliments. I think the worst thing you do is like, Hey, good job. Hey, good work. Yeah. I see you.
1: You're doing great. (laughs) Yes.
0: Like words of affirmation. If that's really your top being specific is so nice. This specific
1: thing that you did meant this to me.
0: Yes. So I try to watch even when he coaches or when, um, certain conversations outside of the gym, I'm like, Hey, you handled that conversation really well. You made yeah. that first person feel really good and I think they needed that. So, yeah. Without a doubt, it's something I need like like Ash said, you can recognize. It might not be your top, but you can learn how to give it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working on being better at giving that to my husband who who needs that cuz he doesn't have a team around him or a supervisor that's giving him feedback.
1: Right. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, words of affirmation really not important to me. Like it's nice every once in a while when someone tells me I'm doing a good job just so I know Hey, people see I'm doing things, you know? They see I'm
0: progressing. Yeah.
1: But I don't have a fear of I'm not doing a good job. I know I'm doing the best I can. And generally speaking, it's pretty good. So I'm not concerned about is this something Mm -hmm. like, am I doing a good job? Am I good enough? I don't know. As opposed to, I do have. We talked. I talked about this in counseling this week. Here we go. Let's just bear <laughs> bear my soul here. I am concerned about if I am not doing anything, do I still have value? If I don't do anything for you, am I providing value in your life as a friend, as a, a family member, whatever, coworker? And so, there's one friend in my life. His name is Ephraim, and he is a words of affirmation person. And what he says to me is much more meaningful than typical words of affirmation, which he is constantly telling me, I love you for you. I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care that you're here because you're doing things and you're you're volunteering for me. I just want you and you have value for who you are, not what you do. Wow! Way to go, Ephraim. I know, right? (laughs) He's a good leader. Um, And so those words of affirmation mean more to me than, hey, you did a great job. Mm -hmm. okay. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I know I did a great job because I'm I'm good at my job, you know? Yeah. So it depends on, can depend on what the person is saying specifically. And even if words of affirmation aren't your top, it can still make a difference. That's a really good example. Okay. Final one. My top one. Acts of service. So acts of service require time, thought, and planning. Because you have to, you have to make a plan in order to take something, do something for someone that they would normally do for themselves is typically how the acts of service go. So it could be making someone coffee in the morning. It could be, uh, what was the, the example from the test to filling up your, your car with gas? Oh, yes. that it?
0: And I was like, I don't think Tristan's ever just taken <laughs> my car to fill it up with gas. If we're both in the car together and it needs gas, yeah. it was, yeah, it was that. And it was something else. I can't remember, but I was like, nope. Yeah. Oh, laundry. Oh yeah. It was laundry. And I was like, mm-hmm. we basically just, I know we're, we're a weird couple. We just do our own laundry.
1: So acts of service are typically yeah. something that you would do for yourself. So if he did some, for some reason decide I'm going to do Becky's laundry today, that would, that would constitute an act of service. Yes. It gets a little funny. This one, I've talked about it with my friends this week because I was like, I think my top one is acts of service, but it's not necessarily what people do for me. Like I don't receive it very much. I think it is at least in America and our culture different for spouses than it is for friends. So it's much harder for my friends to know, Oh, her gas tank is empty. Like how would they know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, look car And it's, it's not tip societally normal for my friends to bring me a cup of coffee in the morning, you know? So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. This is the only one that I, I feel like stands out as it's harder to communicate through acts of service. But you still can. Yes. I mean, people do. My friends do things for me and um and so often I will actually say, "I have to do this thing. Will you come and sit with me while I do it?" Which is kind of combining acts of service and quality time. Like, will you yeah. just be with me while I do this thing? Yep. I mean, this is super simple, but I'm even
0: thinking sorry, another gym comparison or analogy here. At the gym, there's certain people who right now we have to wipe off everything, disinfect everything between every class. And there are certain people I just turn around. It's like a gym fairy just took all my weights and wiped them (laughs) off. And I was like, what? I was supposed to do that. And so even, I think once again, non-spouse relationship, it's those little things, Yes, whether it's helping get someone's equipment out because they're running late to class or helping clean up and making sure everyone's stuff is cleaned up and you're done with yours, but you're going to go, you're not You're not done until everyone's done. Right. So I feel like I've seen that even in our gym atmosphere.
1: Yeah. All right, so those are the five quick overview of those. My In closing thoughts here, I, I feel like figuring out your own is good. It's helpful because you can then communicate to your friends, hey, this would be really meaningful to me if you did this. You can communicate to your spouse. Hey, I know I see that you have been trying to do things for me, but that's actually not how I feel cared for. I don't mind doing my own laundry. Clearly, you don't mind doing your own laundry. It would be more meaningful for me if you would put your phone down and spend time with me. And so you can build your own relationships by ex, by explaining how you work to other people. And then in reverse, I, I have this fun little experiment. I do experiments all the time. Clearly, <laughs> I'm learning this as I communicate that to you. Um, I like to, when I make new friends, try to figure out on my own what their top love languages are just by trial and error. And then I will ask them later and say, is this true? You know, like, this is what I'm seeing. Is this mm-hmm. true? I think it's fun. Yeah. Because I'd like to try, okay, I'm giving them a gift. How are they going to respond? Okay, I'm giving them words of affirmation. How are they going to respond? I just think it's fun to try. But well, I, I remember one episode,
0: it was in our Who Dis series. You talked yeah. about treating yourself as a science experiment. Yes, So you're just transferring that science experiment to other people, new new relationships. Yeah. But that, that's going to improve your emotional intelligence too, being able to recognize those reactions and what people need. Yeah. And, uh, as we mentioned, this episode is going to help set us up for our next series starting this next week. Who dat? Mm -hmm. Who dat? Who dat? We're going to talk about who dat in our new series all about relationships. We hope you'll tune in and we'll be talking about more fun. Talk to you next time. Bye.
1: Thanks for joining us on Living Box Free, put on by On The Rise Group. Follow or subscribe to Living Box Free on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play to hear our new episodes every Monday as well as our bonus episodes. You can learn more about our services at ontherisegroup.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at OnTheRise Group. We hope you'll tune in next time for more helpful content.